y'all for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Turning to your Bibles tonight, 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 1. It's about verse 23. We'll try to anyways. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 to 23. I want to pull some verses out. I think it would be a blessing to you tonight. And studying through this message throughout the week, I've really been blessed by it, been encouraged, and thankful for the things that God has showed me in His Word as I'd studied these verses here. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, in verses 1 uh, to 23. The title of my message uh, tonight is uh, Faith and Shake. Faith and Shake. You say, what? Well, you ever heard of Shake and Bake? Yeah, well, this is Faith and Shake. Uh, and so we're going to take a look at that here tonight. Uh, faith and Shake. Uh, a little faith can make things shake. And so let's take a look at it here this evening. Uh, I believe it would be a blessing to you as we look a little bit about uh, faith and uh, some other things as well, uh, but I think I really encourage you this evening as we go through this, uh, and it'll be a blessing to you, and you can share it with some other people. Uh, but let's begin there in First Samuel chapter fourteen. Let's begin there in verse one, and notice the Bible says the Bible says it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. Uh, I thought it was interesting when we begin there in verse 1. I thought it was interesting because a little bit before this, what we see is we see uh, Saul and his guys, they were, uh, uh, they were staying in a city and then they were raided at night. And the raiders come in from the Philistines camp. They come in and they uh, begin to take all their stuff. And they took some of their things. They also rid the land that they were in of any, uh, what we would call, I guess, blacksmiths so that they couldn't, uh, so they couldn't make swords and things like that any longer. So whenever Saul and his men woke up, their, their weapons were gone. And there wasn't a blacksmith around to make, uh, to make uh, tools into weapons that they might need with a battle with an army in front of them. And so how many have ever felt that you was ill-equipped for a job? No, I, I, would, I guess it would be good, fair to say that when there's an army in front of you and now all your swords are gone, you feel a little equi- ill-equipped for the task at hand. Uh, and so that's kind of the predicament that they were in. They were facing, uh, they were facing a situation to where they were very ill-equipped now. Uh, they weren't expecting to be raided. They weren't expecting these things to be taken from them. Uh, of course, they weren't expecting the Philistines to go in and rid the land of all the, blacksmith, uh, all the blacksmiths so that they couldn't make uh, swords and things like that. And so here they are. They're sitting here, and they're just kind of almost kind of like sitting ducks. You know, they don't really know what to do. But there's only two people that have swords, and that's Saul uh, and his son Jonathan. And uh, as we go through this, as we go through these uh, scriptures, I want you to see some very important things uh, that I really think will encourage you in your spiritual life. Now we see right here that notice there in verse one. Notice what happens. The Bible says in the very middle part of the verse, the Bible says uh, that Jonathan he came to this young man, his armor bearer, and he said, "Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison." Now they all know nobody has any weapons except for except for uh, Jonathan, his armor bearer. They're the only ones aside from his dad. Uh, and so here they are. They're sitting here, and and they feel like, well, we we need to do something. I mean, you know, we I know that there's an army over there. There's a great opposition over there. 
And yeah, our army doesn't have the weapons. We're very, we're very ill-equipped for this job, for this task. There's I don't really, everybody's. I don't really see there's any way that we can even fight those people. We don't have the weapons for it. We don't have the resources for it. How in the world are we going to do this? It's kind of like the old adage they say: How many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? And they say none because it's always been there. You know, it's always been out. Why change it? Uh, and so, uh, and so we see that there was a job at hand, something that needed to be done. But, you know, people were looking at it and they were looking at the resources. They were looking at themselves and they were thinking there's no possible way that we can go over there and fight those guys. There's no way we can defeat them. We don't have anything. I mean, how can we slay them? I mean, we, how can we win this battle? How can we win this war? We don't have what we need to win. How many of you ever felt like you didn't have what you needed to have? Amen. Felt ill-equipped, didn't have what you, didn't feel like you had what you needed to have. Listen, if you give it to God, God can use a stick. Amen. Anything you give to God, God can use it and bring you victory through it if you'll just have faith and let him use it. Amen. That's right. We see that all throughout the Bible. And, but we notice we, so we, so we see what's going on and notice what happens there in verse 1. Jonathan, knowing the situation, knowing that nobody has any weapons aside from him and his armor bearer and his dad, and so here they are, they're sitting here and, and, and Jonathan looks over at his armor bearer and he says, hey, Come on, let's go over to the Philistines garrison. I mean, this ain't like we're saying let's run down to Walmart, you know. This ain't like we're saying let's just run down the road and have some ice cream. It ain't like we're just saying let's run down, let's just come down here and just sit around and have a good time together. I mean, they're, they're looking at a, at a situation that is uh, very dire, a situation that is very bleak on their behalf. And, and Jonathan looks over at his friend. He says, hey, let's just go on down there anyways. I mean, that's... You would look at that kind of person. You say, "I think he, maybe he's a little crazy. You know, maybe he didn't. Uh, maybe, maybe he don't really see this thing through. Maybe he don't really understand how how bad things are. Maybe he's not really. Does he know what I know? Does he see what I see? I mean, nobody around here has any weapons. We don't have no resources. We don't have nothing. There's no blacksmiths in the land. The Philistines done got rid of them, and here we are right here. There they there they are over there. They can come over here at any time and just wipe us out because we ain't got nothing to fight with. We don't have nothing to defend ourselves with. How in the world are we going to go over and take them out? And Jonathan looks over at his armor bearer and says, hey, let's just go on over there anyways. Now, how many of you have ever got, how many of you got some crazy friends? Yeah, I'd say this right here, Jonathan, at this moment right here, he was probably being a little crazy, you know. Got some crazy friends, just do, just real adventurous, you know, just, uh, just do some, just, just some crazy stuff sometimes. Well, sometimes when you have faith, you know what that means? You got to be a little crazy. You know, sometimes having faith, you got to be a little crazy because when you because you're taking steps and you can't see, right? Yeah, faith is evidence of things of what not seen, not seen. And so when you're having faith, everybody looks at you and thinks you're crazy, and you're saying, "No, I just got faith," but everybody thinks you're crazy. Yeah, so that's kind of what this is. And he was looking at this situation, and he was like, "You know what?" I think we can still do this. And so he looks over at his friend and he says, oh, come on, let's go on over there to the Philistines' garrison. But he didn't tell nobody. It was just him and his friend there. And he says, come on, let's just go on over there anyways. And so one of the things that we see here is I believe that there in verse 1, uh, I believe that one of the things that we see is that faith moves us forward. Faith moves forward. Listen, beside... Uh, 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 
even though they didn't have everything they needed, despite how things looked, despite how, how dire everything was, even though they didn't have the resources, even though the odds were completely against him, he and his friend, he told his friend, Jonathan, told his friend, he said, come on, let's just go on over there anyway. Let's go over there and fight them. Let's go over there, man, let's just let them have it. And I imagine his friend, probably most friends, probably would have thought, man, that is crazy. But you know what was interesting is that his friend was just as crazy as he was. That's funny. His friend was just as crazy as he was, you know. He says, come on, let's go and go over and fight. And he says, okay, let's go. I mean, now I'm talking, these were two really adventurous. These were, these were two guys that, I mean, they were just really ready to, to have faith and press forward, not let nothing slow them down, not let anything stop them. I mean, they were gonna do, they were gonna do what they could to make a difference, to make something happen, even if nobody else did, even if everybody else felt like they didn't have the resources, even if they felt like they didn't, they didn't have this and they didn't have that. Listen, if you got God on your side, what else do you need, amen? I mean, sometimes we think, well, if we had this, we'd be better. If we had that, we'd be better. If we had this, we'd be a whole lot better. If we had this, then we can do that. If we had this, listen, if you have God, you can do anything. And what we gotta do first and most, the most importantly is to make sure that we have God. Because when we have God, we can do anything, amen? And so, we focus on that first uh, and, and not on the incidentals. We focus on God first regardless of our resources, regardless of what we feel like that we don't have. And what did he say when he looked at the opposition, when he looked around at what, the, what everybody didn't have? He said, hey, let's take what we got and let's go on over there and let's charge them. Let's do this thing. I like that. Isn't that good? All that come out of there, verse one. That's good. He says, come. Let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. And so what does faith do? Faith moves us forward despite, um, despite the things that are against us. Faith moves us forward despite the resources that we feel like we don't have. Listen, we've all felt like we don't have enough. We've all at one time felt like that you know, that we're, we're in a dire strait here. There's nothing that we can possibly do. We've all been there. We've all felt that way. But what does faith do? Faith makes the difference in that it says, you know what? We're gonna move forward despite, what we, despite what's out there because something just may happen that we don't see yet. I mean, we don't know what God's gonna do. And so let's just do this. Let's move forward. And so they did. The Bible says, he said there in verse one, he says, come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison. I mean, no hesitation at all. He's ready to charge. Let us go over there. But he told not his father, and look at verse two. And the Bible says, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migran. And the people that were with him were about 600. Now, I found this interesting because when I was studying, I studied what that word uh, migrant means. Uh, in that place, migrant, it means two things. Uh, it means fear, one. That's what migrant means. It means fear. But it also means throat. And so it has the idea of almost like being gripped by the throat with fear. Does that make sense? So why were they over there in migrant gripped by the throat with fear? Because they ain't got no weapons. Amen. They ain't got no resources. They ain't got what they need. And so what are they doing? They're sitting over here. Listen, watch this now. Saul's sitting over here with 600 men. And they don't have the weapons that they feel like they need. They don't, they don't feel like they can press forward and move forward. So what are they overcome with? What are, what are they dwelling in? What are they sitting in? 
They're sitting in fear. They're sitting in fear because they're looking at the, the situation and they're saying, you know what? There's no possible way. And so you can do this. You can be like Saul and sit under the tree and, and, and be there gripped with fear, so to speak. Or, or you can just look around at what you got and say, hey, we'll just use what God's gave us and we'll just go on over anyways. Amen. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's what faith does. Listen, when Saul's sitting up underneath that tree, he's not exercising any faith. Why? Because he's not moving. He's not doing anything. Uh, because we walk by faith, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? You walk by faith, so that is an action. So, uh, uh, so you walk by faith, not by sight. You walk by faith. Saul, he's just sitting up underneath that tree right there. Him and all his men sitting up underneath that tree, down there in Migrant, dwelling and living under, uh, 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 under, under fear. And, when we see that, uh, that uh, Jonathan, he is completely different. He is like, you know what? I'm not going to sit up underneath that tree like the rest of them are. I'm going to get up from here and I'm going to walk in faith and I'm going to do something and I'm going to make a difference. I don't care if anybody comes with me or not. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to make something happen. And so you got to decide which one am I going to be. Am I going to be Saul and stuff make that tree gripped by fear? Or am I just going to say, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, God's on my side. So let's move forward and get this thing done. Amen. That's what faith does. That's what faith does. That's the difference between sitting down and walking. That's the difference between not having faith and being a person of faith. And, 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 and sometimes we have more faith than we do others. Amen. You ever been there? Sometimes you got more faith sometimes than you do at other times. But here we see a great example of a man that said, you know what? He looked at everything, how the odds were stacked up against him and said, we're going to move forward. And then you see another man sitting right over there looking at the very same thing and instead of moving forward, what does he do? He just sits there. He just sits there. He sat there gripped in fear with 600 other men. And then we see the other guy looking at the very same challenge, the very same obstacle. And he says, all right, me and you, let's go. Wow, that's different. That's different. And notice what happens. The Bible says there in verse 3, And Ahai, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, uh, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock. On, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Boziz and the name of the other was Sena. And so what we see here is, is Jonathan, he's making his way. His dad and all them up there, they're not exercising any faith. They're scared, you know, they, they don't know what to do. So, uh, so they're not advanced and they're not gonna do nothing. They're just gonna sit up underneath the tree. And, and then we see, we see Jonathan over here. He says, you know what, we're gonna move forward. And so they're making their way over to the Philistines' garrison. And what happens? The Bible says they come to this place. Notice it, read, read it again, there in verse four. The Bible says they come to this place uh, where there was a sharp rock, the one on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And notice the names. The Bible says the name of the one was Bozes and the name of the other was Sena. Now, these rocks are still there. I looked it up. You can still see it. They're still there. You can still walk down the same passage that Jonathan and them walked battles where they, uh, the battles where the armies fought at. And you can still see all that stuff. And, and, and so you got one rock that's on this side you got one rock that's on this side, one's pointing this way, one's kind of lifted up pointing that way, and there's a passage that walks right through the middle like they're down in a ravine, like down in a valley. 
And so Jonathan and his friend, they're coming in this, they're coming through this passage and they stop and they see, they see Boaz on this side and they see Sana on the other side. What the interesting thing is this, is that uh, Boaz, the name of that rock, the Bible says it's a sharp rock, the name of that rock means a place of shining or a place of light. The interesting thing is, is right on the other side is the name of that rock, Sana, it means a place of thorns place of thorns and what I thought was really interesting is as I kept reading and I kept studying I noticed this there in verse 5 the Bible says the forefront now the forefront that's the peak that's the tip of the rock the Bible says the forefront of the one talking about the one the Bozes the forefront of the one was situate northward and so you had Bozes was sitting right here and, 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 and Bozes means, means a place of light or, 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 or shining light. And it is pointing towards the north. It is pointing in this direction. And then you have other, over here, you have Sana. And it is pointing over here, pointing in this direction towards the south. And it means a place of thorns. But what I thought was interesting is this. Is we see that they're pointing against each other. These rocks are pointing against each other. You say, well, what difference does that make? I mean, what? Well, now you got to take the names of these places and put it together. You got a, you got, you got a place. Uh, you got a place that's uh, sitting right here. You got the rock, the shining rock. And what is it? Notice there in verse five, the Bible says the forefront of the one stone was situated northward over against Mishmash. You know what Mishmash means? It means a dark or hidden place. So you got a shining light over here, pointing towards what? A dark place. You got a shining light over here pointing towards a dark place. And isn't that what the light, isn't that what the Bible does? Isn't that what Jesus does? I mean, he points over into, he points, uh, uh, he point, the light points into the darkness. It dispels the darkness. It, it, uncover, it uncovers uh, uh, truth. And so we see here he comes to this place and, 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 and he sees this rock over here. And this rock is in essence pointing into hidden places. And then you see this rock over here. This rock over here. It is pointing over in the other direction, pointing south. And the Bible says the name of this rock is Sena, a place of thorns. And where is it looking? It's looking over there at Gibeah. Now, what does Gibeah mean? Gibeah means a hill. So you have the light pointing in the darkness, shining in the darkness. And then you have a place of thorns that's looking at the hill. You say, well, what's the difference? What's the place of thorns looking at the hill? Well, listen, when you're a place of thorns, have you ever, have anybody ever been in a batch of, in a thorn patch? You ever, anybody ever been stuck by some thorns? That's not, that's very painful. That's very painful. And so we see that there are people, some people there, they are living, they are living in darkness and they are living in this, in this thorn patch. And what we see over here is that God has shown us that the light can shine in that darkness. The light can shine in that darkness. It can help you. It can help you to see. It can save you. And you got these people over here that they need that light because they're, they're in this darkness. And then we see 
Uh, not only that, but we see uh, this place of thorns that's looking up to the hill. We see people that are struggling and see people that are fighting and see people that are hurting. And what is it that they need? They're all entangled up. They're all wrapped up in pain and misery and, and they can't get free and they're, and they're bound up and they got all kinds of things that are sticking to them and, and keeping them from moving forward. And so what are they doing? They're looking towards the hill. Isn't that what David said? He said, from whence, he said, I look unto the hills. From whence cometh my what? From whence cometh my help? So you see the thorns that are looking to the hills and you see the light that's piercing through the darkness. That's good stuff right there. You can't tell me, you can't tell me this, that this Bible, that this Bible, that God didn't write this. How can man come up with this stuff? Let's take a look at it. Watch it. So we move on. Bible shows us there in verse 5 how you can look to the hills and have an escape in your life. There in verse 6, notice the Bible says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, he said, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Now, can you see, can you just uh, get a hint of that, of that fight that's in his spirit? He says, Come on, let's go. Let's march for it. I mean, he just had a fighting spirit. Let's do this thing. Let's go over there to them uncircumcised Philistines. I mean, he, was, he just had some, some fight in him. He was excited. Notice what he said. He said, let us go over there to that garrison of these uncircumcised that it may be that the Lord will work for us. He says, we may get over there. He says, there ain't no telling what God's gonna do. He said, we'll get down there. He said, well, we may just see God do something awesome, something we've never seen. And I mean, this right here, I mean, this is, this is the kind of guy that we're looking at. I mean, isn't that, isn't that a great spirit? I mean, he's ready to press forward with, with the odds stacked up against him just so he can see God do some things that he's never seen God do, just so he can see God move and work in his life. And I hear people say, man, I wish I'd see God work in my life like this and see God work in my life like it looks like God works in their life. Well, let me ask you, are you demonstrating faith like they are? Because if you're not demonstrating faith, how, can you, how are you going to notice it? How are you going to see it? Listen, the Bible says without it, it's what? Impossible to please him. It's impossible. So you got to learn to take those steps. You got to learn to say, yes, the odds are stacked against us. But despite that, we're going to press forward. We're not going to sit up and we're not going to sit in that baby chair. We're not going to sit in a high chair. We're not going to sit up underneath the tree. We're going to gripped in fear. We're going to get up and we're just going to use what God's gave us and we're going to march forward in the name of Jesus and see what God does. And that's what we got to do. That's how we got to live. That's what you got to do. And that is what Jonathan was doing. Notice what he said there in verse 6. He says, For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. He said, Listen, it don't make me. He looks at his friend. He says, Listen, man. He said, It don't make no difference if it's just two of us or if there's 600 of us. It doesn't, God can help us. God can give us the victory. Whether it's just a few of us or whether it's a lot of us, God's not hindered by our numbers. That's what he's saying. God's not hindered by our numbers. Listen, God's not hindered by your numbers. Amen. God's not hindered by your numbers. God's not hindered by the numbers that are here in our church. God's not hindered by the numbers that are in your, that are in your checkbook. Listen, God owns it all anyways. 
Amen. The Bible says the earth is his and the fullness thereof. Everything in it belongs to him. He can do with it as he pleases. God is not hindered by, uh, by our numbers. Whether it's few or many makes no difference what the situation is. He says, come on, let's go. It don't matter if it's just me and you or whether it's everybody. God can give us the victory just like he can give all of us the victory. So let's just do this thing. And I love that spirit. And so he, he says, the Lord will work for us. There is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by a few. And so um, faith moves forward, verse 1. Verse 6, faith doesn't forget. Faith doesn't forget what? Faith doesn't forget that God can do all things. Because sometimes we'll look at numbers and we'll say, well, <laughs> the numbers don't add up, so what are we going to do? You know, God has a way of working numbers out himself. You know that? I've seen God do that. I've seen God work out in numbers. I've seen God do things in, in, in numbers that it's been like, man, are you crazy? How, how in the world did this happen? Didn't like, there was no way in the world this could take place. But then God worked it all out in the end. You can calculate up. You can try to figure up. You can, you can try to estimate, look in, and say, you know what? This is you know, all this. But then God shows up and messes up your plans, messes up your figures. You know, I like it when that happens. When God shows up, messes up your figures. There in verse 7, the Bible says, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. I mean, he just had a friend there that was willing to go with him to the very end. I mean, he had a friend there that was willing to fight, willing to die, willing to sacrifice, willing to walk in faith with him. I tell you what, those are some precious friends. Those are some precious friends, and when you got to make sure you make sure you hang on to them. Those are some precious friends. He says, "Listen, Jonathan, man, I'm with you to the end. Let's do this thing. Let's move forward. Let's fight together. I believe in my heart. God can do it. Don't you turn away." You see how he's been an encouragement to him. He says, "Listen, Jonathan, don't you turn away. You just keep pressing forward. Aren't you glad you got people that encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your walk? That when you're wanting to do something that nobody else is that nobody else is doing. See, Saul sitting over there. He." ain't doing anything. He's sitting up there and he's looking, listen, the numbers don't add up. There's no way possible. It can't be done. We don't have the resources. We don't have this and we don't have that. What he forgot is that he serves a God that can do anything. And so while he was going to sit over and do nothing, there was God was going to use this man right here that wasn't going to depend on the numbers, wasn't going to depend on the figures. He wasn't going to depend. All he was going to look at was the faith that Jonathan was going to exhibit because that's what pleased him. That's what he was going to use. That's what he was going to work through. And there in verse 7, he says, Do all that's in your heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee. I am with thee. Man, let's don't turn back. Let's keep pressing forward. Listen, we, we done come down through the passage now. We done gone too far to turn back. Let's just keep pressing. Let's keep moving. And there in verse 8, the Bible said, Then said Jonathan, Behold, Behold, we will pass over unto these men and we will discover ourselves unto them. Discover has the idea of to make it open or to show, show yourself plainly. So he says, listen, we're not going to come up on these guys in secret. Man, we're just going to walk up on them and say, here we are. I like that. That's even different. He says, hey, we're not just going to sneak up on these guys. Man, we're going to come over there and we're going to be like, hey, here we are. Here we are. What you going to do? He says, that's what we're going to do. He said, we're just going to walk right on up there. You know what that is? Faith. 
doesn't have fear. Faith doesn't have fear. And he's going to move on through. He's going to walk on in. And he says, and we're going to show you, hey, we're right here. We are right here. We are ready to fight. We are ready to exhibit our faith. We are ready to move forward. And so he says there in verse 8, Behold, we will pass over unto these men. We will, we will discover ourselves unto them. We'll show ourselves unto them. So faith shows no fear. Listen, faith and fear can't occupy the same spot. Can't do it. Faith and fear can no longer, cannot occupy the same spot just like light and darkness can't. Because faith is an exhibit, uh, is a characteristic of light, and fear is a characteristic of darkness. Amen? So faith and fear cannot stand in the same place, just like light and darkness cannot occupy the same spot. And so he says, hey, let's move forward. His friends is in Christ, so we're going to go over, we're just going to show ourselves to them there in verse 9. And he says, if they say unto us, tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord hath delivered them into our hands and this shall be a sign unto us. So what did their faith do? Their faith was giving them guidance. He says, this is what we'll do. If this happens, we'll go. If this doesn't happen, we won't go. And this will be a, the sign from God that we either need to go or we don't need to go. And so what was he doing? He was ready to move in faith, but he was also ready to back off if God said back off. Amen? Now, sometimes that's not an easy thing to do. How many of you sometimes, man, you're ready to move forward, you're ready to plow through, you're ready to do this thing, and you get right there and, you say, and, and, and then God just puts the brakes on what you're doing. It's just hold up, time out, just wait a minute. It's not always an easy thing to do, to do that, especially when you've already got a mission, when you've already got a vision, you've already got it in your head, and you're wanting to plow through, you're wanting to get this thing done, and then God puts on the brakes and he says, you just hold on a minute, you just need to wait, you just need to stop. He says, so what does faith do? Faith gives us guidance. Because he says, Lord, we're, still, we're willing to listen to you. I'm willing to plow through there. I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to, I'm willing to show you the faith that I have. But God, if you tell us when we get down there that we need to stop, then I'll do that too. So that's obedience. I mean, that's obedience. There in verse 11. And both of them discovered themselves under the garrison of the Philistines. It means they both showed themselves to the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. You know, they were, they were making fun. Here they are. Here are the, the Philistines over here. They got their weapons and they got all this. And here they are making fun of Jonathan and making fun of his friend. And, and they're looking at him. Oh, look, here they come crawling up out of the holes. Wow, well, look at them. There's the Hebrews. I mean, looking down on them and talking and just uh, talking bad about them and making fun of them. And then there in verse 12, and the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we'll show you a thing. You know what that means? Come on up here and we'll teach you a thing or two. That's, where that, that's probably where that phrase come from. 
you know. Come up here and I'll tell you. Come on up here and I'll show you something. Come on up here and I'll teach you something. That's probably where that came from right there. The Philistines, they're standing up there. They're looking down at the Hebrews because that's what they do because, see, that's what your opposition does. That's what your struggles do. That's what your battles do. That's what your demons do. That's what your giants do. They look down at you and they say, oh, look, they're living in the holes. They're living in the caves. Well, they think they're going to come out here and do something. Y'all think you're going to come up here and, and, and start to fight? You think you're going to win? You think you're going to have victory? Because that's what our problems do. That's what, that's what our, our struggles can, can say to us at times, it seems like. And they say, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, see, that was all Jonathan needed to hear. That's what he was waiting on. I mean, that was like, that was like, that was like uh, my cue to, to uh, move forward. And so he, that's what he said. Once he heard that, he looked, I, I guarantee he put a big smile on his face. And he looked over there to his armor bear. And he probably said, all right, man, let's go. God done gave us to go ahead. God's done told us what we need to do. So, man, let's, let's gear up and let's head on over there to the other side. And let's show them what God can do through faith. And then he says, come up after me. The Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And our faith is ready to fight. Jonathan climbed up there in verse 13. He climbed up upon his hands and his feet and his armor bearer after him and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men. So they got up there and they slew. 20 men. The Bible even tells you how big the land was up there. I thought that was interesting. It says about a half an acre of land up there and they went up there and they killed all these 20 men up there on that plot of land up there on that hill. And so they get up there and his man and Jonathan and, and, and his armor bearer, they fight and God gives them the victory. They fought in faith when the odds were stacked up against them. They went out there and they, and they, and they, just, they just had faith. And, and, they, and they moved forward and, and they didn't let, and they didn't, and they weren't afraid to do what God had called and asked them to do. And the Bible shows us here, there in verse 15. We see there in verse 14, we see how many people fail. That's faith brings us fulfillment. Because when we walk in faith, what happens? We get victory and our lives become fulfilled. Uh, because that's what, uh, that's what happens when you walk in faith. See, they were going up there. They weren't sure what was going to happen, but they did it anyway because he said, hey, it may be that, man, God's going to do something. We don't know what God's going to do. So let's move on up there. They got up there. They fought, and when they fought, they exhibited that faith. They fought, and they won. And whenever they won and they got that victory, do you know how much fulfillment that was probably in their life? You ever, you ever won something and just, and, or you, you, ever, you ever anticipate, man, you was working hard for something and you was longing for it you was working hard to do it and you gave it everything you got and then when you got the victory it just you just had this this feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction well that's the same thing they got they were fulfilled their faith brought them fulfillment there's a lot of people out here today they're like they don't have their, their lives are not satisfied their lives they, they feel like they're unfulfilled why is that maybe you're just not walking in faith because faith has faith brings fulfillment in our life. Because I tell you what, when you walk in faith and God blesses and God moves, that brings a sense of satisfaction in your life. That brings a sense of joy and fulfillment in your life that other things in this world can't give you. And you know what also happens in the middle of that? You grow as a Christian. And then whenever you're faced with those oppositions again, 
and you look back and you say, well, I didn't have those resources before and I was outnumbered before and yeah, I didn't have this and I didn't have that, but look, man, I still went for it anyways and look what God did. So, hey, if God could do it then, he can do it again. Amen? And so you grow. It, 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 it makes you grow in your spiritual life. So faith brings fulfillment. And then check this out. Verse 15. And there was a trembling in the host in the field and among all the people. The garrison and the spoilers and also trembled and the earthquake, so it was a very great trembling. So you know what happened? Whenever they moved in faith, God began to, God sent an earthquake and so their faith quaked. I mean, they went out there, they exhibited faith and then God, when he was looking down from heaven and he saw everything that was happening, he saw everything that was going on. I mean, he was just so excited to see somebody exhibit some faith and move forward, not worried about what they have and what they don't have. Just say, listen, I see something that ought to be done and so we're gonna do it and we're not not going to worry about what we have and what we don't got. We're just going to we're just going to trust God. And when God looked down from heaven and He saw people marching in faith and moving in faith and fighting in faith with no fear, just trusting in Him, He began to bless, and God began to shake the ground. You mean my faith can shake the ground? I believe so. I believe God can get so excited about your faith that if he wants to shake the ground that you're standing on, he sure will because that's exactly what he did right here. I mean, these guys, they were showing so much faith in the sight of God that God looked down from heaven. He began to shake the ground. Notice what happened. The Bible says there was a trembling in the host, in the field among all the people, the garrison, the spoilers, all those folks, the, the Philistines that were over there. And, and, and when God looked down from heaven, he saw what, what Jonathan's armor bearer was doing. He come over here, he come over here to the Philistines, the ground they were standing on, and he began to shake the ground that they were standing on. And, 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 and they were afraid. Notice what happens. Bible says, and the spoilers, and they also trembled, and the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. So we see here that all the enemies that he was fighting, man, they didn't know what in the world was going on. They were like, what in the world is happening? The earth was quaking, things were shaking, they were scared half to death, they didn't know what to do. Listen, God was shaking the very foundation that their obstacle was standing on because they were exhibiting faith. God was now putting fear in the face and in the eyes of the enemy because Jonathan was exhibiting some faith. While Saul's sitting over here, scared half to death, feels like he's gripped by the throat, scared half to death, and up underneath that tree. Saul, uh, um, Jonathan moves forward in faith, and now God's done scared them folks over there half to death. They don't know what to do. God's now moving and shaking the ground on Jonathan's behalf because Jonathan's walking in faith. Almost done. Watch what happens. Take a look at verse... 20. The Bible says, And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle, and behold, every man's sword was against his fellow. So Saul and him, they didn't have any weapons, so what'd they do? Well, they, they heard what was going on. They could hear all the noise going down there in the Philistines' camp. They didn't, they, they, they didn't know what in the world was happening, so they, they all kind of got together, and they said, what in the world's going on down there? What in the world's taking place down there? Is there a battle? Is there a fight? I mean, I didn't send nobody down there. What's happening? And so they all go down there to take a look. 
no weapons. They just want to go down there and figure, try to figure out what's happening. And they go down there, and what do they see? Check it out. They go down there, and they see every man's sword against his fellow. And there was a very great discomfiture. That means confusion. And so you go down there, and the people are fighting against each other, killing each other. Isn't that something? You see, God can fight your battles for you. You don't always have to fight them. Amen? Don't always be so willing to pick up your sword and fight. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen? God can take care of things. God can take care of things a whole lot better than you and I can. Amen? And without, and without a whole, and with a whole lot less heartache and headache. Yeah, God can take care of things. And so we see, we see Saul, man, him and his guys, all six, they come down there, they're looking around. They're like, what in the world's happening? They're down there killing each other. They're down there fighting each other. There's a big war, big battle going on down here. They slaying each other. And they just sitting back wondering what in the world's going on. You see, that's what happens when you're not walking in faith. You don't know what, you're, you're looking at the action from this side. Where was Jonathan? Man, he was there in the middle of it. Every man's sword was against his fellow. There was a great, a very great um, discomfiture. That's confusion. And moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them in the camp, from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites. You say, what's going on? Because you see, uh, the Philistines, they had some Hebrews over here that they were their slaves. They were slaves to them. So what happened was is whenever Jonathan and his friend came up, exhibited some faith and started fighting in faith, God was, so, God was overwhelmed by the faith that they were exhibiting. That he come over here in the Philistines camp and he got them fighting against each other. He got them warring against each other. But not only that, all the Hebrew slaves that were over there, you know what they did? In the midst of all the confusion... God caused over here in the midst of all that confusion over here in their camp. Those Hebrew slaves that were over there picked up swords and started fighting the Philistines. And God used, even though it may seem like you don't have the resources, isn't it neat how God can pull the resources out of places that you never expected them to come from? Isn't it neat how God can use things that you never saw was coming? You ever, you ever been like that? Man, I never saw that coming. I never would have figured that would happen. Jonathan never would have thought. Jonathan never would have thought in a million years, nor neither Saul, would have thought in a million years that God would go over there and shake that camp up and shake the very ground that the enemy's standing on and then scatter them around and they're killing each other and then use the slaves to pick up swords and fight them as well. They'd have never thought that in a million years, but then it happened. Why? Because God was involved and God did it. God did it. There in verse 22. Likewise, all the men of Israel which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim. See, now here comes some more soldiers. All the men of Israel which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in battle. So what we see is faith can bring people out of hiding. You had people over there that were hiding in the hills. Hiding in the holes and hiding in the hills. They heard what was going on. You know what they did? They come out of the hiding places. And they saw other people exhibiting faith. You know what they did? They started exhibiting faith too. 
And they picked up swords. And you know what they did? They started fighting too. And they started chasing the enemy down. Who in the world ever would have thought that would have happened? Nobody. Nobody. But God has a way. God has a way of using people and resources that you haven't even seen, thought of, imagined, even come into play. I mean, God was bringing people from everywhere to come and help them fight. Saul, Jonathan, none of them ever asked them to, never invited them to. But what happened was is because Saul, I mean, because Jonathan and his armor bearer exhibited some faith. Look whatever, look what happened just because them two exhibited some faith. They was able to win victory. They had victory. They was able to grow in their spiritual life. They was able to see God do some amazing things. They was able to see God give them the victory over there. They was able to see God send an earthquake to, to their enemies over here. They was able to, and, and, and in the midst of that, the, in the midst of that, their faith ended up freeing these, these slaves over here. And those slaves rose up and began to fight the Philistines. And because of their faith, these people came out of their hiding place when they began to see everything that was going on. Why? Because they were tired of being in the holes. Those people were tired of being slaves. And so they started exhibiting some faith because they saw one person do it. And because all these people saw one person exhibit some, some mighty faith, they said, man, we want to jump in on this thing. And they did. And God gave them the victory. And the Bible says, so the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle passed over unto Beth-Avon. You know what Beth-Avon means? It means house of nothingness. It means house of nothingness. God's people chased their enemy all the way down to nothing. Isn't that good? God's people chased their enemy down to nothing. Why? Because God was there with them. See, numbers didn't matter. The numbers game, it didn't make any difference. It was just, you just trust God and you just watch God do stuff. Amen? You just believe, you just trust, you just walk by faith, you just, you, you just do these things. And then you just sit back and just let God be God and just watch him work and just let him do what he does best. And it may just be, where more may be that you watch, that you watch God chase what is your hindrance? Watch God chase what is your obstacle, what is your challenge. Watch God chase your giants and your demons. You just may just watch God chase all those things into a place of nothingness to where they don't even, they're not even around anymore. You don't even see it anymore. Isn't that good? Man, praise God. That's good stuff. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We thank you so much, God, for your blessing.